Calvary from a four-point perspective. Uh, there's four points. Luke chapter 23 this morning, Luke chapter 23, um, and uh, I believe this will all sum it up. Uh, I might preach on more, but I don't know. Um, but I just want to uh, give you the thought, that the only thought that's on my heart this morning. And um, this is, like I said the other night, this is by far my favorite passage throughout all of Scripture and so I'm going to try to give you the thought on my heart this morning. Luke chapter 23, if you could stand, we'll reverence the reading of the Word of God. There's a lot of reading to do. If you're able to stand, we'll stand together. Uh, verse number 32 of Luke chapter 23, the Bible says, And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And then said Jesus, Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. They parted his raiment and cast lots, and the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over, over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Um, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of the um, the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Uh, there is the guilty in this verse, and there is the guiltless in this same verse. Amen. Uh, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Uh, and Jesus saith unto him, Verily uh, I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Uh, that's his gracious. There's the guilty, the guiltless, been gracious to the guilty. Amen. Uh, um, the Bible says, And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth into the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. Having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Thank you for standing this morning, and thank you, Lord, for helping us this morning. So far, I pray, God, you would help us, Lord, throughout the rest of the service and, Lord, that you would get ultimate glory. We thank you, God, for what was represented on this day. But, Lord, we thank you, God, for what was represented in our passage this morning. We pray, God, you take it to, to the hearts of those that need it this morning. Uh, I pray, God, you give receptive hearts, Lord, to each person will listen. And, Lord, that we would ha come out of here, Lord, with a more brighter view about who you are, Lord. Uh, and I pray, God, you'd help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, and so the Luke's account uh, gives us a, a clear, vivid picture of... Uh, of the, 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 of the crucifixion of Christ. Uh, and uh, into, the, uh, into all the, the, the accounts of Christ, uh, um, we know that there is seven sayings of Christ. Is that correct? Uh, there are seven sayings uh, um, that Christ said on the cross of Calvary. Uh, um, we know that those seven sayings uh, give us a good perspective of
of who Christ is. Uh, we know that there's the saying in our text, he said, Father, forgive them, uh, for they know not what they do. Uh, um, this is going to be a cry of compassion. Uh, and we understand it's a cry of compassion as he looked upon the crowd uh, and as he looked upon the criminal. Uh, and he looked at both of them and he saw compassion as he looked upon them. Uh, he said, Father, forgive them, uh, for they know not what they do. Uh, and, and don't get so used to the Calvary text because uh, um, I'm telling you, we must not get used to this text. Uh, um, then the second thing is, he says... Uh, as he looks off the cross and he says uh, verily verily as he looks to the man on his right and he says verily verily uh, um, today shalt thou be with me uh, in paradise uh, um, this is a cry of a covenant he gives a covenant to these, uh, this thief uh, uh, which is on the right side of him uh, and he, he looks at him and he promises him uh, um, the kingdom he promises not only the kingdom but he said today thou shalt be with me in paradise uh, um, there's more than that he asked for the kingdom and he got paradise. Uh, I'm moving along quickly. Uh, um, the third thing we can look at in John chapter 19 verse 26. Uh, um, there's a cry of care uh, as he looks down from the cross and he says, Woman, behold thy son uh, and behold thy mother. Talking to John. Uh, even in his dying breaths he still cared for his mother. Uh, and then the fourth thing he says uh, he says, he looks up to heaven he says, My God, my God uh, why hast thou forsaken me? Or Eloi, uh, Eloi Sabachthani uh, and say my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, it's a cry of calamity uh, as the veil of Christ was written to uh, as he died for your sins uh, and the transfer of my sins uh, was placed upon the body of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as he died for my sins. Amen. Amen. Humanity was still on the cross too because we can read the next thing in John 19 where he says, I thirst. Now humanity was still present there. He was still present. He was still thirsty. As I can imagine as much blood as he lost. Uh, it caused dehydration. He said it's a, this is a cry of craving. Uh, and then we notice in our text, not in our text, but John 19 uh, verse 30 says, It is finished. Thank God it is finished. Amen. Thank God that it is finished. Uh, um, his father's business was finished. Uh, redemption had been bought and sin had been paid for. Uh, and then he goes in our text and he says, Father, into thine hands uh, I commend my spirit. Uh, and he looks up to heaven and he gives the cry of confidence uh, saying, Father, I know that you're going to take my spirit uh, and you are going to do what you see fit with it. And I simply told you all of those things uh, um, simply to say that there's perspectives from the cross of Calvary. Uh, um, there's a look from the cross of Calvary. There's a point of view uh, from the cross of Calvary. And it was all done for you uh, and it was all done for me. Uh, he died so you didn't have to. Uh, he lived so we can. Uh, and this week represents that day because uh, in just three short days, Christ is going to walk up Calvary's hill, uh, up the hill of Golgotha, and He's going to shed all of His blood uh, um, so that you and me uh, could be free. Uh, and that's what He's going to do. Uh, in just a few short days, uh, in just a few short hours uh, he's going to be walking not down the road uh, and being praised uh, but he's going to be walking up the hill and being punished uh, for you and for me uh, so we could go to heaven uh, and we could go free. Uh, friend I'm telling you this morning it means more to me and I've preached this two times. Uh, I preached this yesterday and I preached this Thursday uh, and it's not even it's not gotten any good it's not gotten any worse. Uh, it's still the same message. Uh, I 
can preach it over and over again because Calvary made a difference in my life. And it make a difference in your life too. Uh, and if you have never made, been, if Calvary never made a difference in your life, uh, then you've never made it to Calvary, friend. Uh, I'm telling you that is the God's honest truth. Uh, if you've never changed when you got in Calvary's flow uh, and the crimson flow of God came down, uh, you will never, ever, ever been changed by Calvary. You've never been saved. Amen, friend. Uh, he died, and on that day, he reached out in love. He reached out in compassion. I'm taking my jacket off today, not for any purpose besides this jacket's tied. And so I just want you to know this morning, he reached out in love, and he reached out in compassion when he was on the cross of Calvary. Uh, and I want you to notice a few things. I'm going to preach on you. This morning, I preached a message. Yesterday, I preached a message uh, on Thursday night, and I preached the simple thought of Calvary uh, um, from three point of views. Uh, this morning, I'm going to preach on Calvary uh, from a four-point perspective. Uh, I want you to notice, number one, uh, there's Calvary uh, uh, from the sinner's perspective. Uh, um, we're told here in verse 39 where the Bible says, uh, um, the Bible says, and one of the malefactors which were hanged uh, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, uh, save thyself and us. If thou be Christ, I tell you this view is this sinner looks from the left hand of Calvary and looks over to um, Christ. Uh, it's a sad view uh, that this man takes. It's a sad perspective uh, um, because we're told that he's a malefactor. Uh, we're told that he is there and he's an evildoer. Uh, he's a criminal. Uh, he's a thief. Uh, he's a robber and he's been caught. He's been convicted uh, and he's been condemned for what he did. Uh, and as he hung there on the left side of Calvary uh, as he hung there after his trial uh, he would have been taken up uh, and he would have been beating outside of the city uh, um, to the place and then he would have been taken to the place of execution uh, and there they would have nailed him uh, um, to the cross uh, and I tell you he's in agony at this point uh, he is dying at this point uh, and, but, but, but it was a sad moment it was a sad perspective when he's there and what makes it even sadder is that he, he died. He died. He died the same way he lived without Jesus. Yes. And friend, I want to tell you this morning, I, sometimes I question, I ask myself, Lord, uh, how come you give me this message when, 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 when I think everybody's saved here? How come you do that? Uh, I know everybody's not saved here, but how come you do that? God knows what He's doing. I just want to let everybody know that this morning. Uh, and this is the only message on my heart this morning. But I, I, I just want you to know that this man died uh, the same way he lived. Uh, and that was without God the Father. Uh, and any life lived without Christ is a sad life. Uh, and I tell you, friends, but a death, uh, a death without Christ is even worse. And I believe there's some people in here that's going to die without Christ uh, if they were to die from this world today. Uh, there's some people in here that's going to die without Christ. Uh, um, but there's still time, thank God. There's still time to run to Jesus. Uh, oh, run to Jesus while you can. Uh, it's a sad point of view. Uh, he says, uh, and one of the male factors which were hanging round on him saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Uh, it's a striking point of view. Uh, it's a striking perspective. We're told that even though... Uh, 
in his pain uh, and in the dying breaths of this man he was able to muscle up enough strength uh, and to rail on the Lord uh, it means to speak evil of uh, it means to blaspheme uh, and he even questions the very person of the Lord uh, he says if thou be Christ save thyself amen he doesn't believe Jesus he doesn't, he doesn't believe the sign hanging over the head of Christ. Uh, he's dying and in a moment of rage and anger and pain uh, and torment, he lashes out at the very one who could have saved him uh, from every bit of it, friend. Uh, and his heart is lost uh, and he's blinded by sin. Uh, and today, friend, today, uh, this world still mocks Christ. Uh, and they still rail on him. Uh, they still shame him uh, and blaspheme him. Uh, and, and the very one that can change their life. Man, Jesus is not, as I said the other night, Jesus is not a byword. He's the word. Amen. This man went to hell without God. But can I just, I, I want you to know this morning, sinner friend, Jesus died for you. And you better get inside of Jesus before Jesus gets us out of here. You better get in. Calvary from a sinner's perspective. Secondly, I want you to notice there's Calvary from the seeking perspective. Uh, the seeking perspective. We see another thief here. He has a different point of view. But the other answer and rebuked him says, Doest not thou fear God? Knowing thou art in the same condemnation? We indeed justly. For we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he, said, and he said unto Jesus, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Remember me. This man had some good things on his mind here. Now, I want you to think about this. And I tried to explain it to, to the people in here. But I want you to notice that this man, this man viewed his own guilt. Right? He viewed his own guilt. He said, he said We've done, we just, we're getting what we deserve. We're getting what we deserve, and, and we do not know a lot about him. But we know that he was also a thief. He was a wrongdoer and had been condemned for his crimes. He was caught and he was condemned. But there is a difference. There's a difference. But Matthew, Mark chapter 15, verse 32 tells us this man mocked Jesus too. The Bible says, Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they, that's the next two words, and they that were crucified with him, reviled him. They reviled him. Now, now this man had a change of mind at this point though. He rebukes the other thief who's mocking Jesus uh, just like he was doing. And this man had seen uh, or he had heard something uh, that touched his heart uh, and that was used by the Spirit of God to open his eyes uh, to see who he, he really was. Something, something showed him what he was. What made the difference? Was it the silence? Was it the silence? He was oppressed and he was afflicted and yet he openeth not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before shears is dumb, he openeth not his mouth. Isaiah 53, 7. He openeth not his mouth. Was it the silence? Or was his, what, what, what was it that called his mouth? Was it the sign that says the king of the Jews? I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, we, we can't be sure, but this man saw his own guilt. I want you to know this morning, look up here, I want you to know, and I'm not talking about everybody, but listen to me. Hear me, hear me, hear me well. You have to know you're wrong before you can ever, you, can, you have to know you're lost before you ever need to know you need to be found. 
You have to know that. You have to know that. And this man, he is here and he's saying, Hey, I am getting what I deserve at this point. He's a repentant sinner. He knows his wrongs are what they are. He's turning from his pride. He's turning from his wrong ways. And he's turning to the Savior. And before you can be saved, you must first become lost. And I'm telling you, get honest of who you are. Turn to Jesus, turn to Jesus, turn to Jesus. He, he saw his own guilt. Uh, and then we see he viewed him as God. He said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. Uh, he, he, this man does not, this man not only does he see himself uh, as he is, as a sinner, uh, but he sees him uh, as he is, uh, the Savior. Uh, and he, he recognizes the fact that Jesus is not just some, uh, some man that he met on the street. Uh, and he understands that Jesus has committed no sins and he is what he has always claimed to be and friend I'm telling you this morning I don't know how he got to this point but all I know is he saw Jesus as his only very only way of salvation he is the only way to salvation he knew that he was God hanging on the cross and Jesus is the only hope and no one could save him from hell besides Jesus and Jesus can do the same for you listen hell is a place you're going to go if you've never been saved. Uh, there is no if ands, or buts about it. Uh, um, there's no doubt to it uh, or anything. Hell is your home, uh, um, but Jesus can be your Savior. Uh, the Bible says, uh, and Jesus saith unto Thomas, I am the way, uh, the truth, and the life. Uh, no man cometh unto the Father except by, but by me. Neither is there salvation in any other, uh, for there is none other name uh, given among men uh, under heaven whereby we must be saved. Uh, It is the name of Jesus plus nothing minus nothing. Uh, It's only Him that can save the sinner's soul. Uh, And this man, when he looked at Him, uh, he said, I know who He is, uh, and I know what He can do for me. uh, And He is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And then he looked and he viewed his own grace. He said, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He, he viewed his grace. Now, now this man was able to look beyond the present. He was, he was able to look uh, and through the eyes of faith he was able to see Jesus dying. Uh, he was able to see Jesus resurrecting. Uh, and he was able to see Jesus reigning uh, someday. Uh, and with a tiny bit of faith in his heart uh, he cries out to the Lord uh, in simple faith, uh, in childlike faith. Uh, he cries out to God uh, and he, he knew Jesus was what Jesus claimed to be. Uh, and this dying man uh, yielded all that he had to the Son of God. Amen, friend. He embraced Jesus as his Savior on that cross. And friend, I'm telling you something. Have you ever been saved? Have you ever been saved? Have you ever been saved? Uh, have you ever trusted Jesus uh, and Him alone uh, for your salvation? If you haven't, uh, run to Jesus, run to Jesus, run to Jesus. Uh, he's the only way. He's the only way. Calvary, from a sinner's perspective and seeking perspective, then I want you to notice Calvary from the Savior's perspective. Uh, the Bible says, and Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Uh, uh, it was a view of compassion, don't you agree? 
It was a view of compassion as Jesus hung there in agony uh, and Jesus hung there in shame. Uh, He was dying for the sins of all of humanity uh, and He reached out in love. Uh, He reached out in compassion uh, um, to a poor dying thief uh, and Jesus saw the perfect opportunity uh, um, to save a man's soul uh, and Jesus saved this man because He called on him. Amen. He would have saved the other thief as well but He didn't call on him. Amen. He'll save you too if you'll call on Him. Somebody say, Amen. I thank God for my salvation this morning. Uh, um, now, now's the best time to do it. Uh, not tomorrow. Uh, not Wednesday. Uh, not Thursday. But today, the Bible says, For He saith, uh, I have heard thee uh, in a time accepted in the day uh, of salvation. Have I secured thee? Behold, uh, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen, friend. It was a view of compassion. Uh, When Jesus looked at this thief, he saw compassion. Uh, We're going to go through this a minute and we're going to tie this all together. It was a view of confidence. Uh, And Jesus looks at him and he says, uh, And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today, today, uh, today you're going to do it. Jesus accepted his faith. Uh, He accepted his faith. Uh, uh, Of the dying thief, he accepted his faith. uh, And that made all the difference in his life. In fact, Jesus told this man he did not have to wait for the future. He didn't have to wait for the kingdom later on as the Jews were taught, uh, but he could go now. Today, uh, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He would be with the Lord today in in paradise. Uh, Jesus tells him that he can meet him and have sweet fellowship with him. Uh, And my friend, there's uh, there's hope beyond the grave. Uh, Thank God there's hope beyond the grave. Uh, The soul lives on in the presence of the Lord uh, and enjoys sweet fellowship with him uh, in glory. Uh, That's a hope that I have. That's a promise that I hold close to. Uh, We're confident rather to be willing, rather willing to be absent from the body uh, is to be present with the Lord. Uh, And friend, I tell you, you may think you'll never go to the grave when you die. You say, I'm too young to think about the grave when I die. I know you're not. Uh, Anything could happen today. Uh, And I'm telling you something. uh, In truth, uh, your soul will live on forever uh, no matter what. It will live on forever. uh, Heaven or hell. Heaven or hell. There is no end. There is no in between. I tell you, all you know what that hangs in the pendulum of? It depends on what you did with Jesus. Because what you do with Jesus is dependent on what he's going to do with you. Amen, friend. I'm telling you, it was a view of compassion. It was a view of confidence. He said today. And then I want you to notice it was a view of capability. Because he looked and he said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And friend, I think you would agree with me that this situation looked hopeless. Jesus was dying. Jesus died first. Amen. Here we see two dying men. One cries out to the other and receives the promises of salvation. And friend, even when things looked hopeless for Jesus, uh, He was still just as much God. He was still just as much God as He had ever been. He had had as much power as He would ever had. uh, And He was just as able to save as He had always been able to save. Uh, And when that poor dying thief uh, cries out in a simple childlike faith, uh, uh, not knowing, uh, Jesus responded uh, by saving His soul. Uh, And friend, this is just what Jesus did for me uh, when I called on Him. Uh, And that's just what He'll do for you if you'll call on Him too. Uh, No matter 
matter uh, the depth, the depravity, the despair, uh, Jesus will meet you right there. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. Uh, you say, Preacher, I don't know how to get saved. Uh, let me tell you just real quick how to get saved. Uh, I have faith uh, that He died uh, and rose again by God's power and believe in it uh, and trust in it uh, and call out to Him and ask Him to save you. That's how you do it. If you believe what He did and you believe who you are and you can believe He can save you, that's all it takes. I don't care what road you go down, friend. It's not a possibility. It is a promise if you'll call out. Amen. Calvary, from the sinner's perspective, seeking perspective, uh, Savior's perspective, I'm going to be done, but I'm going to stick here for just a few minutes. Uh, It's only 11.42 if you're wondering. Uh, Calvary, from a soldier's perspective. Calvary, from a soldier's perspective. Verse 47, the Bible says, Now when the centurion saw what what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was... A righteous man. There's another point of view here. And and I believe it could tie this all in together, okay? This soldier became convinced that Christ was the Son of God. We are given two other uh, outlooks for this, three other outlooks on what the soldier had to say. We're given three full, one in our passage, one in Matthew, and one in the book of Mark. John does not account this, but there is two, three that do account this, okay? And so I'm going to read those other verses to you here. Matthew chapter 27, verse 54, the Bible says, Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And then Mark chapter 15, verse 39, and when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. And in this, this soldier shows us two components of salvation that are needed. He said, Truly, truly. And that's telling us he was convicted. He had conviction on his life. He pricked his heart. And he was 100% convicted that Christ was the Son of God. He said, truly, He was the Son of God. The second component of salvation that this man had. And by the way, this is all it takes. He had conviction and he had confession. He said, truly, this was the Son of God. He confessed who He was. Amen, friend. Uh, Before salvation is stated above, you have to come to know who you are and who He is. Uh, Amen. So what convinced Him? What convinced this centurion, this soldier, that Jesus was truly the Son of God? Well, let's think about it. We're going to go through some things that I believe it could be. And we've already kind of went through them. But let me ask you this. Did His... Calmness? Did his calmness convince the soldier that he was the Son of God? The Bible says in verse 32 and verse 33, he said, And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to a place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. The malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left hand. Then Jesus said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, when Jesus went to the cross, he did not go because of something he had to do, because something he had done. The Bible clearly tells us that Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross to die as the Lamb of God. 
The Bible says, uh, and the next day John seeth Jesus uh, uh, coming unto him uh, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Looky, looky, the Lamb of God. Uh, You've been looking at me for all this time. You've been following me around for all this time. Uh, um, But look there, uh, because there comes the one I've been trying to tell you about. Uh, I am the voice that has been crying in the wilderness, uh, and you have not heard. uh, um, There's still people who follow John. John uh, the Baptist all the way in the book of Acts. Uh, and I'm telling you, uh, maybe that's why Jesus had to kill, maybe that's why God had to kill John. Uh, um, but I'm telling you the truth this morning uh, is that he said, Behold uh, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. He came to be the Lamb of God. Amen. And listen to me. Remember how I've told you that the Jews, if the Jews would have accepted him, he wouldn't have had. To come to the Gentiles? He would have still had to die though. He would have still had to die regardless. You know why? Because Jews are sinners too. And and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Peter tells us, he says, For as much as you know, uh, that you were um, not redeemed with incorruptible things such as silver and gold uh, from the vain conversation uh, received by the tradition of your fathers, uh, but with the precious blood, uh, but with the precious blood uh, as of a lamb, uh, without blemish and without spot. Uh, He came to this earth as a lamb, uh, died as a lamb, uh, lives as a lamb. uh, And friend, one day he's going to come back as a lion. But I'm telling you, as we read earlier, that's what he was. He was a lamb that came before his slaughters. And as his shears came before his shears are dumb, he openeth not his mouth. And could it be the calmness in the midst of the calamity that convinced the centurion who this was? I mean, the centurion had seen countless men die by crucifixion. I mean, most of them were probably like uh, the two thieves uh, who were cussing and blaspheming and screaming in agony. uh, And he had never seen anyone die like Jesus died. You know why? Because Jesus had a different purpose uh, of dying than they did. Uh, Jesus died out of love. Uh, They died out of hate. Uh, And Jesus was dying because he loved someone. Uh, And friend, I'm telling you something. He had never seen someone die like Jesus. Jesus died. And let me ask you this. Look up here. Let me ask you this. If this is what pricked the soldier's heart, does it prick yours? Does it prick yours to think about the fact uh, that Jesus, just think about the way he acted when nothing he was doing was for himself. Nothing he did was for himself. It makes me feel about this small. Amen. Because he did it all for me. His calmness was for me. Did his calmness convince this soldier? Did his crucifixion convince this soldier? The Bible says that he was, there he was crucified. One on the left hand, one on the right hand. As I mentioned earlier, this man had seen countless other deaths. He had seen countless other people die like this. But death by crucifixion was a brutal thing. However, just imagine, just imagine me or somebody in here taking Jace or Joslin or somebody and putting them on that, nailing their hands to it. 
Just think about it. Death by crucifixion was a brutal thing. However, the Bible would lead us to believe that Jesus may have suffered more than the others. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14, the Bible says, As many were astonished at thee, his vestige was so marred more than any man. So it says. That's in quote. And it's formed more than the Son of Man. So, so it was more than any man. Uh, all they put, all they had put Jesus through uh, before the cross, the scourging, uh, which is the whipping and the lashing, uh, the beating, uh, the spitting, uh, the, the 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 plucking of the beard, and uh, and several trials. There were so many trials that he had to go through, uh, and even in the whole, even the whole band of soldiers, there's four to six hundred men in a band of soldiers. That's what most say. They played games with him. Mark chapter 15, verse 16, the Bible says, And the soldiers led him away in the hall called Platorium. They called together the whole band. They clothed him with purple, plated crown thorns, put it upon his head, and began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him, and bowing the knees worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify whole band of soldiers were mocking your Lord. Oh, break a heart, friend. Maybe when the soldiers saw all this was, that was done to Jesus, maybe he was thinking, man, out of all of the other ones I've seen go through this, uh, I've never seen one like this before. Uh, and we, can be sh- we can't be so sure. Uh, however, there is a question I'd like to ask you uh, this morning. Does His crucifixion uh, still move you? Does it still move you, friend? Uh, often we get moved by the wrong things. Uh, his death for us on the cross should move us uh, to love Him and praise Him. Uh, and if you can't move for anything else, the cross of Christ should move you. Amen. His crucifixion, maybe that moved the, did that move this centurion, this soldier. Well, what about this? Did his compassion convince the soldier? Verse 34, the Bible says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then we got the compassion that he showed to the, to the, to the other thief, right? Friend, I'm telling you, he showed compassion, and compassion in such a crucial time in his own life. He showed compassion to the crowds. The Bible says, and one of the malefactors, one of the malefactors, we're hanging around, let's see, go back up. And said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They show compassion to the cross. We've already learned this above, but during his hours on the cross, Jesus reached out to those around him in the crowd. Now, think about that. With, with, he, he did it in pure compassion. The crowd around him, Christ mocked him, ridiculed him, tormented him, even as he died. When he opened his mouth... The only thing he did was prayed for them. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's a grace, friend. He even took time in his dying hour to provide the needs of his own mother. He loved her and he made sure she would be cared for after his departure. That's compassion, friend. It's compassion. He showed compassion to the crowds. He showed compassion to the criminals. We know that. We've seen this as when this man 
who just moments before it had joined the other thief in mocking Jesus, asked for help concerning his spiritual condition. Jesus reached out to him in grace and love and compassion. And he promised the thief salvation. Right? Which after all was the reason for the cross in the first place. Salvation. To bring people back to God. It wasn't salvation from hell. It was salvation from separation. Amen. It's the truth. I'll read it to you if you want me to. But it's salvation from separation. He died. Mark 10, 45. He, he died. He died for that reason. John 18, 37. I'm telling you this morning. The, was this what caused the centurion to pause and proclaim his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Was it his compassion? Was it that his compassion for sinners was one of the things that drew me to him? And that continues to draw me closer day in and day out. That's it. That's it. Thank God he has a tender heart for those who have fallen. Fallen race. And he opens the door to all who will come. That lets me in. Amen. Does it let you in? Have you come? His compassion. You think his compassion maybe drew the soldier to convince him that he was lost and he needed a savior. Maybe this. We're done. Did his cries convince the soldier? The gospel writers record for us that only seven occasions Jesus opened his mouth. We went through these. He spoke while he was on the cross. One thing that has come to my mind while reading through these and studying through these is you know how difficult it would have been for Jesus to utter these words? With all the weight of his body down, with a nail through his feet, nails through his hands, crown of thorns, he's been beat, he ain't got no skin on his back, his bones are showing... Just think how much it had to put to get this. Therefore, it tells me it was a very, very important sayings that he said on the cross of Calvary. They must have been so important. uh, And three of them, three of them are revealed for us here in Luke. We've already went through the others. But we see the cry of compassion. He said, Father, forgive them. I'd invite you to remember these. This is just an outline I've put all of them. Cry of compassion. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The cry of a covenant. He said, Brother, I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. There's a cry of calamity. As he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As sin was placed upon him. There's a cry of cares. He says, woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. There's a cry of cravings. He said, I thirst. There's the cry of completion. As he said, it is finished. 
There's the cry of confidence as he says, Under thine hands I commend my spirit. And I'm telling you, friends, sir, surely these statements from the Lord Jesus move uh, in the hearts of the soldier uh, and that we see here. He heard him cry out uh, of a love to his own mother. Uh, and he heard him cry out in love to the crowd uh, and love to the criminal uh, and love to all of those. He cried out uh, and he heard it all. And surely as he heard the words of the dying Christ, his heart was stirred and realized that this was more than just any man dying on that cross. This man isn't cursing. He's compassionate. This man isn't cursing. He's caring. This man isn't cursing. He's giving covenants. This man isn't cursing, but he's craving something on the cross. He's not cursing, but he's completing something on the cross. He's not cursing, but he's confident that his life after this will be something. If those words don't open your mind and open your heart to receiving the gospel, this soldier was opened by his cries, mate. This is more than some dying man. Perhaps that is why he proclaimed the fact that Jesus was the Son of God. He was the Son of God. There's three men that died on Calvary that day. The sinner died in his sins. The seeker went to hell, by the way. He died in his sins and went to hell. The seeker died to his sins and went to paradise. The third man, three died. But the third man was a, was a soldier. The third man was a soldier and he also died to his sins. I believe he believed Jesus uh, and he believed who he was and he said, This is the Son of God. This is Him. But however, there is a fourth man. And this is the Savior. And He didn't die to sins. He didn't die from sins. And He didn't die in sins. But He died for sins. And He died for your sins. He died for my sins. And He died so that you might live forever and ever. He died so you didn't have to pay for your own sins. He died for your sins. Now today, if you have never been saved, here's your opportunity. Now is the accepted time. If you come to Jesus and you believe on Him, you say, I don't understand. i got to believe on something. How do I believe on something? If you walk outside and you believe those flowers are real flowers, and you look at those flowers from here and you say, yeah, I believe on those flowers. I believe they're real flowers. That's the same thing. And I know it's a terrible illustration, but it's believing that He's real. That he is who he is. The Bible's true in all things. If you come to Jesus by faith, believing that he died for you, believing that he rose again for you, you can be saved. Simple, simple. If you are saved, rejoice. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, Rejoice not for that, but rejoice 
because your names are written down in the book in heaven. Uh, rejoice for that reason. Uh, and I'm thankful this morning that I can look at Calvary uh, from a fifth perspective. And when I look at Calvary, I can look at it and I can see everything they saw. I see the compassion. I see the love. I see the completion. I see what Jesus did. And I also was one day uh, on May the 5th coming up in a little over a month uh, of 2012. I looked, I looked and I saw my condition and I saw who He was. And I needed Him. I needed Him. You need Him too this morning. You need Him too. Uh, Let's pay attention. This is not a time to play around. This is a solemn time. There's no time to stretch. There's no time to do any of those things. But I invite you to come to this altar and get born again this morning. Uh, There's a time when you need to get saved. Uh, There's a time when Jesus died uh, and you need to take it more serious than you are taking it. I'm telling you. You know who you're talking about. You say, preacher, you're talking to me. If you feel like I'm talking to you, then I'm talking to you. Just be clear about that. I want you to know this morning, Jesus died for you. The altars are open. You can stand to your feet this morning. Hear me. Has there ever been a change in your life? Has there ever been a change in your life? Because I tell you, if there has not been a change in your life, then you've never been saved. You've never been saved. Therefore, if any man... What? Therefore, if any man... What? What is it? Well, there's a verse. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man... If any man... I'm trying to remember the verse myself. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It takes a... What you say? Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You just want to come to this altar tonight, this morning, and thank God for saving your soul. It would be a good time to do it. You just want to come to the altar this morning and get saved. If you want to get saved this morning, all you have to do is tell somebody. You don't even have to tell nobody. It don't take me. It don't take nobody else in here. But if you need to be explained throughout Scripture what biblical salvation is, no better place. This altar is ruined this morning.